So this episode contains adult language, mature situations, neutral handicapped handymen with impressive skills, individuals possessing extraordinary powers due to the drug celebraire, former prostitutes with PTSD, gang leaders maintaining an uneasy truce, and the three laws. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 222, Handicap Doesn't Mean Helpless. Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and banger reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode, and I am still running on the con high from going to New York Comic Con 2017, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself, because I will get out a little bit about it in a second, but... Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com or me personally at zan at sparkin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, iTunes, Snapchat, and some other cool sites. And if you're joining us for the first time, Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about different geek medias. Mangas, movies, video games, board games, or anything that's on our mind. We tell you the best and worst parts about anything, the pros and cons, how the art style is, how the characters are, how the plot is, how the music is, and if it's worth investing your time in. Now, you don't have to agree with anything we say, but we're a little entertaining. We try to be as non-biased as we can, and more importantly than that, we've been doing this for nine years. We know a little bit about what we're doing, so give us a chance, trust us, and I guarantee you're going to have a blast. Now... That that is out of the way, man, what a weekend. I am still so excited because it was crazy. I mean, besides the fact that I saw Twisted Tunes, which I've only seen on YouTube for the first time live. So seeing all the voice actors reading the script of Ghostbusters was amazing. Besides that, you also had the Voltron panel, which was just really fun. I was cosplaying as Spider-Man for two days and they were taking lots of pictures of me. And there's actually some video of me and Spider-Man. That was really cool. I went to the panel for, well, I'm getting way ahead of myself, and more importantly than that, I should be saving this for the con review, which I'm going to be releasing in, in about a week. I just need to compile all my information, get my data ahead, and just calm down and think with a clear head. And anyway, you're here to listen to a manga review, not a con review. So, again, I digress. 
And this manga, actually, you'd be surprised what I'm going to review it because last week I was very excited when I spun that one that only the Wheel of Manga and it dictated on to me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by Kosuke, drawn and illustrated. It was published by Shinkosha, but released over here by Viz Media. It's a Senen series that came out in 2011, still coming out. There's seven volumes, plus a spin-off manga that was released in 2014, plus a TV series, plus an audio drama, which is hysterical because the second main character, you kind of, an audio drama does not help. <laughs> and there's also a original novel, not a light novel, an actual novel, so put that in your minds. And the manga I'm talking about is Gangsta. It is an action crime drama series in the vein of Black Lagoon that works in such a weird way because it is in that weird niche of it's a different world. Like, for example, Black Lagoon took place in Rwanapur and it was about the scummy underbelly of the South Seas and it's all those criminals that are dealing with that. This is similar to that. The other part is that while... The Black Lagoon group was very, you know, they had a side. They would work for other people, but they'd have a side. The characters in this series, the main characters, are true neutral. But let's set the scenario, because like I said, it's not Rwanapur. Rwanapur is a haven for criminals, and this is a lot different. This is the city, state, country of Ergostalum. Ergastalum. I can never pronounce it right. But Ergastulum is the city that's divided into different sections. Now, depending on the section you're in, different crime lords run it. Section 7, where the series takes place, is the neutral territory. It's the one section where the gangs are able to intermingle. They don't fight as much, or they try not to, but a lot of stuff happens. And the city is run by three gangs. You have the Monroe family, which is run by Daniel Monroe. They're just your generic, everyday gang group. You have uh, the Cristiano family, which is run by a 14-year-old named Loretta Cristiano Omoto. They are a group that's involved with this one interesting species type of person that lives in the city. We'll get into it in a moment. You have the Palky Guild, which they are. They also help the species, but they're a little bit different. They are the controllers of the species, and they're run by Sir Gina Palky. And then you have the Corsica family run by Arenos Corsica and they despise the set of individuals who live in the city and we're going to get into that now because what I'm talking about is that this city has a type of person that is known as a twilight or a tagged and twilights are these people who are born with special abilities due to them being exposed to this drug called Celebrare. It's not like mutants from X-Men. It's not like that at all. This is more they have enhanced senses, enhanced speed, enhanced strength, and all of them are labeled by their strength and speed. They have actually like a grade level. So you could have someone who is a D slash O grade, but then you have a B5 grade or an S slash 5 grade, depending on their skill, and that's how it shows what their abilities are. And these people are loaned out by the Palky Guild, and these four figureheads run this city. I mean, you have the three mains, but they're called the Four Fathers because they run the city and make sure that everything runs smoothly. They have everybody under their pockets. They have the police under their pockets. They have the 
prostitution in their pockets, they run brothels, they run all of this stuff. But occasionally there are situations that do occur when they cannot truly intervene. If something happens where one of the Monroe family needs someone removed, or the Cristiano family say they need someone escorted somewhere, or they need a delivery made where no one will cause problems with them, they hire these two individuals who are known as the handymen. Nicholas and Warwick. They are known to be as good as they are. They've been in the city for several years and they take care of business as well as they can. Now, the interesting thing about this series, which I found really fascinating, is unlike a lot of other manga, the protagonists both are handicapped. Take it in for a second. They're both handicapped. Now, you think, oh, what do you mean by handicapped? Are they physically handicapped, mentally handicapped? Well, they're both physically handicapped in very different ways. Now, Warwick, the chatterbox speaker, gigolo, you could say he's the main character, but he's one of the main characters, is blind in one eye. Uh, his backstory is truly horrific and use, and makes surprise that he still smokes cigarettes after what happened. But he is blind in one eye wears an eye patch, and he's gigolo by day. And he's also the spokesperson of the handyman. Now, his partner in crime, Nicholas, is deaf. He's an Asian guy that's deaf, who is a master swordsman, and he is a tagged. He's a twilight. He is rated at A slash O, but you could kind of say it's, that's not his real rating. Slight spoilers, I'm not going to get into it, but he is deaf he can't hear and he speaks with sign language or when he does speak it's written all gravelly like he's trying to speak and he's he's enunciating the words but it doesn't sound right it's i know several deaf people when they speak it's a little jarring at first but you can understand what they say it's they do speak eloquently and that's what nicholas does he does speak he can read lips and he isn't they're not at all disadvantaged they are all kick-ass and the series opens up where they are hired by Chad, Chadson. Chad is a police officer for the Argosalem police, and he, most likely he works for the mob. But he is paying off them to deal with an individual who's not one of the gangs who's causing problems. He's trying to make his own way into the turfs. He's telling his goons, hey, I need you to take this. We're going to sell it into Sector 3. But hey, Sector 3 is run by the Monroes. Don't worry about it. We'll run them out. We'll run this town. So he's a troublemaker, and the police want to get rid of him as a message. And there's also a girl who wanted him to kill. It's one of his property because they run prostitutes. This one prostitute's name is Alex. She is a dark-skinned girl who, when you first see her, well... She's doing what prostitutes do best, but getting beaten for it. And it's not because of the sexual kink. It's literally she screwed up and her and the guy Barry is beating the hell out of her saying, you screwed up and is a horrible human being. So what? When Nicholas and Wolfric show up to save the day, well, they kill everybody except this girl, and they end up adopting this girl as their assistant slash secretary for now. She eventually may leave because she's suffering from severe PTSD, but she helps them out, and she's becomes their secretary, their girl Friday. And she's not into either of them because both of them have issues. She's, like, intrigued by them, but she's not a romantic 
partner. And that's actually really interesting because usually it's, oh, they saved the girl and now she's in love with both of them. Or she's in love with one, but one's in love with her. And this is a very different situation because they are both all damaged. And I like that, that everybody in this manga is damaged in some weird way. You have several other characters, like you have the this local street doc, Dr. Theo, who's another neutral party who helps them out. Who also, his ability is that if you threaten him or ruin his building, he actually will try to kill you with these weird concoctions. He has like a bunch of syringes full of drugs that will paralyze you or kill you. And at one point, there's a street fight between Nicholas and another tagged. And he just, Dr. Theo flips out and starts yelling at Wolfram like, Why don't you control him? If he wasn't screwing around, you do this. I'm going to kill you. He's like, wait, calm down. It wasn't my fault. It's his fault. I don't care. And the bad guy's just looking at them like, what the hell's going on? So you have that. You have Chad, who is Chad's assistant, who is like, he's a straight cop who doesn't know what's going on. He's very confused by this situation, about what's going on. You have Nina, who's Dr. Theo's assistant, who likes Nicholas, and Nicholas tolerates her. And as I said, people are damaged. Like, Dr. Theo is missing fingers. Like, his fingers have been cut off. You also have uh, the gun shop owner, Constance, who is this neutral party, who her shop is constantly getting shot up. She kind of reminds me of Bao from Black Lagoon, where it's a neutral place, which is always shot up because of whatever reason. And the series, it starts off where it's just setting up this world, and you're thrown into it, and then it starts getting into a story about the Twilight and the Triggered and the various groups that are running them, and it's getting a little bit into the backstory of how Woolrick and Nicholas get together, or Warwick, sorry. I know I'm saying Wolfric, but his name's Warwick. W-O-R-I-C-K. I could use his real name, which I reveal in Volume 2, but it's Warwick. And it gets into their backstory and how they met, and all of that very dark and depressing nature. But I don't want to spoil it for you. This is, unlike Black Lagoon Wars, their, their cases... This is just, it starts off like it's a bunch of cases, then it just gets into this one long story arc. And while it is intriguing, it's very filthy. What I mean by filthy is this makes you want to take a bath after reading it, because it is just, you feel kind of sullied, sickened, slighted, dirty after reading it. It's, it's really messed up where Kosuke takes her, her characters. It's intriguing where she takes them, but... It's you're going through the sewer with these characters, and you... I mean, there's no... It's just really... It's not uncomfortable, but it just... You feel gross, kind of, afterwards. Now, note, there are sex scenes in it, but you don't really see anything. It's more like it shows it for a second, and then that's it. Or shows aftermath, before, after. Or shows, like, one panel of something happening, then not. So, it's not that. It's just... It's, it all deals with drug addiction, because... You have this the drug, which I said earlier in the opening, which is Celebrare, which makes the Twilights, a lot of the Twilights are addicted to, because if they take it, it can give them more strength, or they take downers to calm down. I'm... It's... It's... Unlike Black Lagoon, I, I'm comparing it to Black Lagoon now, because Black Lagoon was intriguing and engaging. I loved reading that. This one, it's... Unique in what it does with its characters. It has these two 
handicapped individuals who they show that, oh, they're handicapped, they're impaired in some way, but you don't fuck with them. You do what you can to make sure that you don't mess with them, and they do the best they can. And Alex, I didn't even get too far into her because, yes, she's a former prostitute, but she has so many layers. She's not just the dumb girl who's there, who they protect, and that's it. She has her own backstory. She has a very engaging set of skills she has. She's a singer. She learns sign language in order to communicate with Nicholas, and she has drive. She's not just a dry slate. All the characters, they are multifaceted, and I do enjoy that about this series. However, unlike so many other series which are about the criminal world and have world building such as that, comparatively, this story, as opposed to those, just doesn't quite reach the ring that it, the other ones attain. It's a series that's just not as well developed, not as well rounded, and darker, and just seedier. And just seeing these characters, and like I said, these characters are all damaged. And seeing how damaged they are is sad and depressing, and just, I don't see where there's really a light at the end of the tunnel for this. I don't. There are intriguing elements about this series at all, like the fact that they're, all the Twilights are held by three laws, which are essentially Asimov's laws of robotics, but for Twilights. Like, one, all of them have, they're given orders, they have to follow it. Two, they can't harm normal people, which a lot of Twilights don't follow, which is bullshit. Like, oh, they're assassins. And last is, if you don't break the first two laws, you have to protect yourself. It's essentially Asimov's laws of robotics, and that's a nice, intriguing twist on the subject. But... I don't know. I just... I wasn't feeling it as I do when I usually do. I like the art style. I like the characters. I like the world building. I just... The story wasn't meshing for me. wasn't melding with me. There was an anime series that came out a couple years ago about this. And I love the opening theme. I love the closing theme. The show is really vibrant and looks great. But I really didn't stick with it. I just couldn't it's just i can't describe it i usually am able to articulate what i need but i can't describe it just something is just not there so with that in mind i'm gonna have to give this and i hate to say this because i would like to give this higher but this is a gift from your crazy aunt mural it's okay but forgettable it's a decent series. There's a lot of great art and great styles in it. It just doesn't strike me. Like, I keep comparing it. Like, Black Lagoon's a better series. There's a lot of other mob series that are more intriguing. Gogo 13 is so engaging and intriguing. This one, it's just there. It's got the idea. It's got the concept. It just it doesn't know where it's going. It's not making it to that point where I want it to get to. And I feel... It's tragic. I want it to do good. I really do, but... Well... I digress. It's it, it's it's a gift from a crazy mirror. It's okay, but forgettable. It could do better, but... That's all I could say about it. So, with that in mind, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrocon.com. You can email us at spyrocon at gmail.com. Me at zanspyrocon.com. If you want to do something really cool... Leave us a star rating on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. And the random question of the day is, if you were a Twilight, what would your rating be? Me personally, I think I'd be a, probably a, 
a B, a B2. I think that's a nice number, B2. Not too high, not too low. I'm definitely not a D, but I'd be a B, I think. You know, a mid-level guy. The D-O guy, he's just like increased strength. That's all he gets. But, so let's get to that part we've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga to each of the slots. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin this Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, episode 223. We're almost at episode 300, and it's going to be a blast. So let's spin and see what we're going to review. Because hopefully we get something that can clean, clean the taste out of my mouth from all of this. Because this was... Like I said, I had high hopes, and this one was not really done. Hopefully, we get something a little better. And we got some very different series that are on here. So let's see. Let's spin. Number two. Okay. Let's see. All right. That's a little different. I uh, guess that I am going to be getting into the equestrian world, and I'm not talking about My Little Pony. I'm talking about a manga about becoming someone involved with horses. I'm talking about Derby Queen, a manga which I'm pretty sure we're never going to get in the United States. But I could be wrong. could be interesting. So we'll see that in the next episode. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. And uh, this is your Hosan saying, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am Gonsville. Catch you next time. Walk on off, cause